Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, the butler did it. Okay, too easy. I get it. Welcome, Malcolm Butler, to the Arizona Cardinals as the team adds a number one corner and crosses off another item on Steve Kimes' shopping list here in free agency. But there are other items to consider, and we will as well as we get into the second and maybe even third wave of free agency. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 408, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Well, just when you think there's a little bit of a lull, if you will, in free agency, MJ, boom, we've got news. And it's some pretty significant news because I know, well, it was a question mark heading into free agency. It remained a question mark after the first week of free agency. And we have an answer. Malcolm Butler and the Arizona Cardinals have agreed to terms on a one-year deal. Now, I would still like to see this team add another corner, but hey, you need multiple corners, and why not start with a former Pro Bowler and a two-time Super Bowl champion whom everyone knows loves State Farm Stadium? Malcolm Butler. Yeah, I'm sure uh, when Russell Wilson sees him this year, it's going to be, okay, that's the guy. And a lot of a lot of guys are gone, you know, obviously, you know, when you look at the coordinator, Daryl Bevel's no longer there. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, some of these corners, uh, you know, the early uh, trajectory was they're going to get paid. The Cardinals kind of waited and waited and waited. And now they get a guy that, you know, he's 5'11", 190. Um, he's appeared in 100 regular season games, 84 starts. He's coming off a, you know, he played 36 uh, starts with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, obviously, we all, we all know him from the New England Patriots. But it just settles the position down a little bit. I mean, you can make the case, uh, and, and I agree with you, Craig. It may be you bring in another veteran guy. Uh, we'll see if Drake or Patrick's on the radar. Um, at this point in time, you probably got to take the minimum. And then I do think they'll try to address it in the draft. But at least now you've got a guy that's got experience. He throw in Alford if he can stay healthy. And then Byron Murphy, you're not moving him around. So according to Darren Urban, looks like they have their number one corner. And he comes in here with great credentials. Obviously, he played for Mike Vrabel, a really good defensive-minded head coach. He played for Bill Belichick. So I think he'll be able to add some credibility and experience to that room. Just turned 31, so we continue to add 30-somethings to this roster. But seven seasons, the first four with the Patriots, where he won his Super Bowls and, of course, picked off Russell Wilson to seal one victory for the Patriots in the last three seasons with the Titans. And this note from StatWiz, Mike Helm, the only player last season with 100 or more tackles and four or more interceptions. So he is still very productive. Just the market for corners, for whatever reason, MJ, and I don't really know why, because we always talk about defense and, hey, you need corners to stop these wide receivers. Yet this offseason, it just didn't pan out. And good news for the Cardinals, because you lose a Patrick Peterson, then you got a number of other corners that you used a year ago that were due to become unrestricted free agents and are still on the market. 
Drake Kirkpatrick being one of them. So yes, this certainly fills a need and one that was, I think, a lot of people maybe a desperate need because here we are in March and you look at the roster and you mentioned Robert Alford and Byron Murphy and like, well, who else? Well, you always say you're not playing in March, you're playing in September. So some patience there and it pays off for the Cardinals. And when you look at it, Craig, and, and you know, normally every team has a number one corner. So now you start looking, and then we know how many teams are going more 11 personnel. And, you know, the teams like the Cardinals and Bills and Ravens and Chiefs, they, they will go four wide. So I, and now you got to have a good slot receiver. And I'm glad that they're not moving Murphy around again, just like Hassan Reddit. Let him get comfortable, let him get more confident. I mean, he, he, he was one of their better, you can make the case he was their best corner last year. From, from day one until the end of the season. No knock on Patrick, but just much younger, more physical. And so when, you, when you're when you able to do this, and so maybe teams in the draft is so deep at corner. Now, all of a sudden, the Cardinals will have some flexibility at number 16, and they only have five draft picks. Uh, they would like to pick up another third, considering they traded for Hudson. So this gives them a little bit of leverage. Um, you know, they're going to have a good player on the board at 16, but um, – I still think they're going to bring 10 to 12 to camp and you like to get some undrafted free agents, some guys that are flyers some maybe some guys that, you know, don't have a lot of college tape, but you could see the upside. But I'll say this, the length at the corner position coming out. I mean, you got guys that are six feet, six feet, one, six feet, two, and that may be more difficult to play inside, but you're going to see some of these guys that get drafted. They're going to play in the slot right away. Caleb Farley, 6'2", J.C. Horn, 6'1", Patrick Sertain, 6'2". So, yeah, the size and you want bigger receivers or bigger cornerbacks, excuse me, on the outside because of the bigger receivers. Now, this does answer one question, yet, okay, you have one. And, again, I want to see Robert Alford on the field this season. I really, really want to see him on the field. Yet, I got to be honest with you, MJ, I can't count on that because of what we had the last two seasons, getting very excited and all of a sudden he gets hurt in training camp. So I am not banking on a Robert Alford being available this season. I hope he proves me wrong and I'll stand up and say I was wrong. So in that sense, you've got one, Malcolm Butler, you need a second, you got Byron Murphy, and then you have a Robert Alford and or a draft pick. That's how I have to go in based off the history. Maybe it's not fair and I get that, but it's, I'm sorry, when you're dealing with players who are injured and not injury prone, sometimes you just have to say, you know what? Surprise us. Prove us wrong. Prove me wrong, Robert Alford. And I'll immediately stand up, shake your hand and say, you know what? I was wrong. You were right. Welcome. And you're a great addition. We just had to wait a little while for him. I think that's fair, Craig. I mean, I'm sure the organization wants to have more protection because you just don't know. Uh, maybe the third time's a charm, though. Maybe it's to a situation. I mean, it hasn't been lack of effort or physicality. I mean, he he worked out very hard last year. And I think he was intrigued that, you know, Patrick was going to have a full season, you know, going into a contract year. Again, things didn't work out for Pat. Um, so uh, I don't know. You can't put him in a bubble. Um, but if this team wants to play man-to-man -man press, and, you know, I think Malcolm Butler learning from Bill Belichick and the way the Titans you know, attacked when they didn't have a great pass rush when Clowney was out, um, this is the defense they want to play. So, yeah, but, you know, I'd, I'd probably take it easy on, on, on Alford in the preseason because you, you got to get him to week one. And I'm not saying put him in a bubble, but uh, we'll see his upside in, in training camp practices, maybe knock some of the rust off where he gets hit a couple, he can hit a couple guys in a preseason game. But 
I'm just making sure I get him to week one. The timing of this news is interesting because earlier before we started today's show, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I went to look at the available corners still on the market because it was certainly a glaring need and continues to be maybe less so now. But some of those names, and Butler was on that list up until a little while ago, but A.J. Boye, Richard Sherman, Josh Norman, Casey Hayward, Quentin Dunbar, some recognizable names, yes, but guys that are all in their later years, on the downside, on the back nine, if you will. And that's to be expected, but if this is an all-in kind of year, you're seeing guys sign a year, maybe two-year contracts, at least on the surface, and then we get the word that, well, there's some voidable years on the back end, but that's just to help with accounting. So there is still the possibility of adding another name, if you will, to fill that number two, because as Steve Kahn mentioned earlier this week, they prefer, they think Byron Murphy is better suited in the slot as opposed to outside. Not that he can't play outside, but they would prefer to keep him inside, which was the plan all along when they drafted him. It's just unfortunate that first year with no offer to no Patrick Peterson because of suspension, he had to play a little outside corner. And I, the way I look at it is, yeah, those are there's other veterans out there. Now you can see, you know, uh, the money's drying up and, and teams out, and there's more teams that have cap space and maybe they want to extend some of their players. I mean, the Cardinals, uh, they restructured Justin Pugh contract, which allowed them a little bit more cap space. There's some other options at some point during the season where maybe you, you want to extend Chandler Jones if he's up to it. Now, you don't know if the agents are going to slow play it because we know the cap's going up next year. So there's ways, but it wouldn't surprise me if they brought in a couple more veteran guys. But I think at this point in time, uh, I'm not saying take a corner at 16, but I think it's a deep draft for corner. And you get a young guy in the mix because Butler's on a one-year deal. Robert Alford's on a one-year deal. And you got Murphy on his rookie contract. So maybe you want to start looking at the future. And that's why you probably utilize one of your draft picks to draft a young corner that you'll have for the next four or five years. The other positions that Kaim was asked about earlier this week, running back, tight end, in addition to corner. And when he asked about the tight end position, he said this, and I think you can make this a case for every single position that the Cardinals still have yet to be filled. And it was this quote, we don't want to force anything or put ourselves in a bad situation from a contract standpoint. End quote. You don't want to be desperate. You don't want to push money to someone that maybe you haven't fully vetted or you're just paying to fill a need. And those decisions can be dangerous, whether that's March, January, February. It, you know, you, you want to make sure that you are signing and acquiring the right players, not just to plug a hole. You do that maybe when you need to in September or November because you are desperate at that time, but there's no need to be desperate right now. Although I'll be honest with you, MJ, for a stretch there over the last 72 hours or so, there was a part of me that was a little desperate because you look at the roster and go, hey, I see no corners on this roster. Help me out a little bit. Well, the Cardinals did today. Craig. They're not lining up. They're not off-season workouts. Don't start. I listen. I know what you're saying. I mean, when I see guys signing with other teams, I'm like, okay, is this is this about fit? And you know, you start looking at some of those corners are out there. They're slot corners. Okay, so you have Murphy. You have Chase Whitaker. You don't need a slot corner. You need an outside corner. So you can cross some of those names off the list. But um, 
Again, three ways to improve your team. Free agency, draft, trades. And the Cardinals have utilized all three of those things during the offseason. They traded for Hudson, they signed free agents, and now we're going to see about the draft. By the way, they also signed J.J. Watt, which technically is a free agent signing, yet not in the context of the start of free agency. And I'll be honest, MJ, that, that was earlier this month. And based off what we've seen around the league and including what the Cardinals have done, is it me or did that seem like that was a month, two months, maybe even three months ago? Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see. I, I think, you know, we're going to start seeing post-free uh, agency. It's, I think the heavy lifting's done, so to speak. And, you know, who are the top five teams? And I think the Cardinals are going to be in there. And I wonder what the best moves were. Now, the Cardinals may get knocked because they went out and got guys that are 31, 32. But, and then the salary for J.J. Watt. But if you peel the curtains back, it's only 4.9 this year versus 10 or 11. And that means you probably couldn't make other deals. So I think it was one of the bigger signings in the offseason. And and you start looking at what the Cardinals, they're getting some AFC guys, J.J. Watt. You take a look at um, A.J. Green. You take a look at Rodney Hudson. And, and really the NFC, besides playing a couple games, I mean, there's not a lot of familiar there. And, and the Cardinals wanted to get better up the middle. And I think they've done that. Now, again, if they want to play the defense they need, you need some more corners. But I do like the fact that, you know, you bring in Malcolm Butler and he gives you a lot of experience. But, uh, again, they, they, they got holes to fill. Now, getting back to the tight end position, I think you and I were uh, in favor of bringing Dan Arnold back. I think after the first wave, we said, okay, who would you prioritize? And I think I went Beecham and Arnold on offense. And they were able to get Beecham done. I, I was told the Cardinals had a conversation with uh, Dan Arnold in August, and they made him a contract offer. Now, I don't know all the details, and I know this about relationships, but I, I know that Kyler Murray trusted him. I know Steve Hyden, you know, tried to make him a better blocker, and maybe that's not his forte, but the Cardinals did want to extend him. They want you to taste the free agency, and Joe Brady – um, who he has a relationship with is their coordinator. So, but they did try to re, they try to give him an extension um, in in August and at training camp. That's a nice little nugget right there, MJ. Because I was adamant, not maybe not Adam, but I would have liked to have seen Dan Arnold back in a Cardinals uniform. While we're on the subject of tight ends, that's another area that this team might look to. Yes, Darrell Daniels is still out there. Seth the Valve, two players that the Cardinals had on the roster a year ago, but some other names, Tyler Eifert, Darren Fells, a former Arizona Cardinal, Jordan Reed, Ross Dwelly, some names there that Cardinal fans should be familiar with because we've seen those guys do a number of things against the Cardinals during that season in which Vance Joseph was asked repeatedly about the tight end position. Knock on wood, that hopefully is no longer a question that he gets asked. I do think that they would like to add more of a pass catcher Again, as we discussed earlier in the week, nothing against a Max Williams, but more of a blocker. Yet we also noticed and discussed that perhaps maybe a pass-catching tight end in this context of an offense with an A.J. Green, a DeAndre Hopkins, a Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, maybe a Larry Fitzgerald, maybe it's not a known or maybe it's not something that you really, really need. Maybe more so is the blocking to protect a Kyler Murray and give him time to throw to those pass catchers. And, and if they want to go 12 personnel, you know, I mean, I do think Daniels and uh, who's a free agent and Max Williams are definitely suitable, but you can also bring in an extra uh, tackle, you know, so you, you get in protection where you're, you know, but I, I do think 12 personnel, 
is something they're going to try to use. Now, I think the reason why Dan Enderl had a market out there for him, because yes, he's not a great blocker, but he's young. Um, you know, obviously he's got, I think it was two years, six million, but I think teams are looking for that pass catching tight end, the, the, the Travis Kelsey's, the Hunter Henry's, uh, the Smith from the Titans. So I think, you know, and that's something to, now, um, you know, there's a really good tight end in the draft and I don't think he's going to be there at 16 and that's uh, Kylie Pitts. Um, he's, he can be a top 10 pick, but I do think, you know, maybe they'll take a flyer. We know they'll bring six tight ends to camp. Um, so it, it's one of those situations where, yeah, I was disappointed to lose Arnold because I thought he was, he was an up and comer and I thought his numbers would even improve. And the fact that Kyler Murray trusted him, that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward, but it's a business and, uh, you know, you can't keep everyone. Yeah. Kyler E. Pitts, not maybe just a top 10, but dare I say top five, depending on if we get a run of quarterbacks, like so many people believe that perhaps the first four players off the board might be all quarterbacks. So something to pay attention to as we get closer and closer to draft time. The two other positions that I want to talk about as far as what's next here in free agency, as we officially have begun the second full week of free agency, and this is where we get into the second wave, and maybe we were, we are even into the third wave of free agency, but running back and backup quarterback. I know there's a lot of angst as far as running back is concerned, not that we want a starter. Chase Edmonds by Kime and Cliff Kingsbury's comments believe Edmonds can be that guy, but I don't know if he is that guy to carry the ball 20 to 25 times for 16 games this season. So you do need someone else. Now, is that someone in the draft? Is that someone already on your roster, a Jonathan Ward and Eno Benjamin? Sun Devil fans would love to see Benjamin on the field after he was inactive all last year. But there are some names and some, some very big names out there still. Todd Gurley, Matt Breida, Rex Burkhead, Leonard Fournette, Jarek McKinnon, Frank Gore is still out there. He hasn't officially put in his retirement papers as of yet. So I do think running back will be addressed. But once again, like a Malcolm Butler earlier today, it's not something that you need right now. Let's see who's still out there, who wants to play to where it's not so much about the money, but that competitive juice. Hey, I want to be a part of the Cardinals. I like where this team is headed. I'll sign for a low tier deal, if you will, to help things so this team can make some moves if necessary during the season if guys get hurt. And we know that is exactly what happens. Yeah, you know, there were reports that the Cardinals did have interest in Mike Davis. And, you know, I, I thought that would have been a signing maybe in the first 72 hours. But, you know, I, I'm assuming they probably offered a one-year deal because I do think Chase is the future and Chase could be an option to get an extension during the season, not now, during the season. Because, you know, he's going to be a unrestricted free agent. But, you know, Davis decided to go to the Falcons. Um, you know, he's a really good uh, back. You're going to look at his average per carry. It was only 3-9, but he had 43 broken tackles. And and that's – now we start looking at these running backs. Gurley, to me, is playing on one leg. Nothing against Frank Gore. Hall of Fame career, longevity. Um, but I, I'm kind of intrigued with Matt Breida. Um, you, you, you need a big back, somebody that's 5'10", 5'11", about 212, 215 pounds, could be 216, 18. Because if Kyler Murray's not going to get under center, you need somebody to, to get that third and one, fourth and two. And, you know, Chase is a guy that can 
run between the tackles. He can bounce out. He's good in pass protection. He's good in the, the receiving game. So I think his, his snap count's going to go up clearly because he's going to be, but you need that, that back. And if you get, I'm intrigued with Jonathan Ward. He just hasn't done it. And, and I'm glad you mentioned Eno Benjamin because, you know, he went, he fell to the seventh round, you know, uh, you know, we teams undervalue uh, running backs. Maybe the Cardinals thought him in the sixth round, but he was there. If Chase Edmonds is your featured back Belka, I think Edo Benjamin could be your kickoff return guy. And that's the way you get active on game day, playing on special teams. So I think it's going to be night and day. And I'm sure he learned a lot last year. And he's probably motivated to just, just get on the field because when they had that red and white scrimmage or practice, they showed him and he was he was effective. Now I know it was just, you know, maybe 15 plays, but they showcased him. And we never got a chance to see him in the entire season. And there might be some more carries for a running back just because of how well Edmonds is a wide receiver, either out of the backfield or lining up in the slot. I don't know how many times off the top of my head this team showed a two-back set in the backfield. I don't think it was a lot if maybe, you know, but a handful of times. And then one splits out wide, or in the case of Edmonds, you could certainly line him up and the slot and just put them on maybe a mismatch of a inside linebacker and see what you can do. So I do think there is a role for that number two running back more so than just short yardage, but I think it would depend on whom that guy is. If it is one of the names that we just read off, or if it's someone that's already in house and Jonathan Ward is certainly someone that's big. He's over 200 pounds, just very limited snaps. Although we did see him score a touchdown in week 17. I'm intrigued by him and I do. There is a reason why the Cardinals drafted Eno Benjamin. Yes, it was the seventh round, but you don't waste draft picks. It's not as a favor to the local university down the street. That that doesn't happen. Maybe in Major League Baseball when they were having 40, 50 rounds, then you can do that, but you can't do that in the National Football League. So they saw something that they had to have liked. Now, whether that changed when they got him in the building I don't know. I can't answer that question, but he certainly fit a skill set with what he did at ASU to come and play for the Cardinals. So I would like to see him get an opportunity. I think he will get that opportunity. Nobody's told me this. I just think based on numbers. Um, but we asked about Eno Benjamin because between you know, it was there's always somebody. A couple of years ago it was Robert Alford, and then you know they're asking you know where's Eno Benjamin. And they say he doesn't play on teams. So that's something he has to work on. And, you know, ball security. And in fairness to Eno, he was playing with a freshman quarterback, a freshman center, a freshman left tackle. He was better the year before. You know, he did put the ball on the carpet. But I think there's a, there's a spot for those small guys like that. Um, and, again, just the Cardinals don't have a third down back. You know, usually you're based on personnel down in distance. Let me throw a curveball at you. Okay, I'm ready. I, I'm standing at the plate. I got my arms ready. All right, what do you okay. got? Give me All your right. best pitch. Okay. Cardinals are picking at 16. Two t of the top running backs are on the board. Now, you, you got you got to be in love with this guy. You got to make sure because we know we sat here all oh, run Kenyon Drake in the ground, and the next thing you know, he's making $8 million. Um, You know, yeah. but we're talking about difference makers here. So and now now it comes down to which who do you like of the two backs? I know that there is a sentiment that Najee Harris is very, very good. And I do like with what he did 
Yeah, the idea and the history of drafting running backs in the first round is not a good one, especially if you hope to get a second contract out of that running back. So I'm more leery of drafting a running back at number 16, unless, as you said, this scouting department and the front office, Steve Kime, they love this player and they're going to make him, quote unquote, the bell cow. And then all of a sudden, Chase Edmonds becomes your number two. I don't quite see that though i am intrigued especially by what harris was able to do in college i just again i'm, I'm looking back at some of these first round draft picks last year there's only one running back taken that was clyde edwards hilaire at number 32 the year before josh jacobs at number 24. you don't see a lot of running backs picked in the top 10 yes there was saquon barkley and leonard fournette and christian mccaffrey ezekiel elliott well fournette's currently on the market so we know the history there and then you give these guys a second contract and is it deserved? Yes, but it's a lot of wear and tear on a running back that I just don't know you get the return after signing to him to a, to a long-term second contract. I think that's well put. And I, I wouldn't do it, but I just, I just think, you know, the Cardinals are going into the season. They've made it very clear that Chase Edmonds is their featured back. And I believe they would like to extend him. He's an unrestricted free agent. And the comp I use is Tariq Cohen. Cohen was IR this year with the Bears. Um, they have other running backs in the system there. He's a little bit faster. So when I, so I don't think you want to invest a first-round pick. And even though it's 16, not top five, top 10, there's, and with, depending on what happens routine now in the draft, I think there's more needs if you have to get a corner for the future, we talked about Malcolm Butler and all for just on one year deals. Um, do you look at possibly getting a, an interior lineman for the future, meaning Pugh is under contract for a couple more years, winners is Garcia. Uh, I think they're, they're good at tackles. I, I wouldn't take a running back at 16, and that's just based on where their needs are and what they do in the next couple of months. Now, if you pay attention to mock drafts, which we do here, just you know, a handful of those out there, and one that we do pay attention to, Todd McShay, his first mock draft on January 7th did have the Cardinals taking a running back. Travis Etienne out of Clemson, 22 years old, 5'10", 205 pounds, the ACC's all-time career rushing yard, rushing touchdown, and total touchdown and yards from scrimmage leader. So there's another name that could be in the mix at number 16, but even if it's ATN or Najee Harris, I just don't, I don't know. I, I would be more surprised than anything just based off what this team has shown so far in free agency, because it does seem like this is a window this year, next year maybe the year after with kyla murray on his rookie contract especially if you pick up that fifth year option that running back to me would not be a huge priority and here's where we go with need versus best player available the coach looking for someone that can be utilized now the general manager looking at a three four five year window so i don't know if a running back satisfies the criteria Yes, it might be best player available, but does it fill a need, especially in the first round? You know, you, you listen to, to the, you know, some of the media and, and, and I sample and, you know, you hear different opinions and makes you think about different things. But I think the perception is because they went out and got Watt and they went out and got A.J. Green and they went out and traded for uh, Rodney Hudson that they're going all in. And Steve Kime said, no, 
Now, as a general manager, and we know this is a big year for this team to, to go from eight wins to possibly 10 or 11 and get in the playoffs. I mean, there's a lot at stake. But a lot of people on the outside think they're going all in. As a general manager, whether he's here or not, you have to look ahead. I mean, yes, they know what's at stake, and they got to win the division or at least compete in the division. You can't go two and four in the division. So I think the outside says, well, they're going all in. As a general manager and, and, and his, the cap guy, you have to look at the next few years, whether Steve's here or not. I'm just saying in general. So um, they're trying to win like any other team, and, and they've gone out and got veteran players who they can plug and play, and we don't have to worry about are they going to be a, you know, a, a guy that's a rotation player. They went out and they got better on paper, and, and so they're looking at the future, but we're all focusing on this next season and to see what the Cardinals have done so far in free agency. azcardinals.com slash free agency. All the players that have been acquired, re-signed, signed, or agreed to terms. The most recent, Malcolm Butler, the veteran corner from the Titans, agreeing to terms on a one-year contract. What we have not seen in free agency, which I'll point out once again, and maybe I'm out on an island like I was with Patrick Peterson, but that is a backup quarterback. I'm not, let me say this once again a backup quarterback, not someone to play and start 10, 12 games. Because if that happens, then you know what? 2021 might be a lost season if Kyler Murray is hurt for any extended period of time. Looking for a veteran who can come in a pinch for a couple of plays during the course of a game or for maybe a three or four week stretch. And I'm not comfortable right now with a Chris Streveler, a Cole McDonald, that's just me. I don't want to put words in your mouth, MJ. So I'm hoping that this team, like we have seen with a lot of other teams across the league, about a dozen different teams out there have really gone heavy into a backup quarterback role. And some, yes, they might be a starter. Andy Dalton goes from backup in the Cowboys to, at least right now, a starter for the Bears. So that won. might change. <laughs> They sent out a picture yesterday, QB1. Yes, and of course, we know that Drew Stanton once upon a time was QB1 as well, and then Carson Palmer was acquired in the later weeks. So things change in a snap of a finger. But I do want to see this team address a veteran, not so much that Kyler Murray has to look over his shoulder, but someone who will push Murray, teach Murray, and be that sounding board that maybe he doesn't have with a head coach or a position coach because, well, you want someone in that locker room, in the trenches with you outside of someone that is on a different floor or you're not seen consistently every single day. All right. There's, there's two things that come to mind. Do you, you want a veteran quarterback? So you want somebody that has some experience where when he comes in the game, it's not going to be too big for him, even though if we get into week seven, 16 and 17, a little more on the line, but some of that has starts. You know, I saw a report uh, on Monday or Tuesday that uh, the Niners had interest in Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars signed C.J. Beathard and they have another young quarterback on the roster. Clearly, they're going to go with um, Trevor Lawrence, you would assume. And Kyle Shanahan coached Garden Minshew at the Senior Bowl. Garden Minshew, to me, the, when he got the starts, his numbers are very similar to Kyler Murray's. So are you looking for somebody that's similar to Kyler Murray so you don't have to change your offense, even though we, don't, we know that Kyler's more dynamic in the running game? 
Uh, I like Gardner Minshew. Now, um, you know, I was intrigued with Tyrod Taylor, but right now he could be the backup or starting quarterback in Houston. You know, Matt Barkley got released because Mitch Trubisky uh, went to Buffalo. But I look at RG3. I mean, I he's he was in the Baltimore system, and Greg Roman's a really good quarter coordinator. They got good quarterbacks coaches there. Obviously, I think, you know, Lamar Jackson still got a ways to go, but he's improved. Um, so RG3 to me, um, uh, again, I, you know, we talked about this probably a few weeks ago, and, you know, you hear, well, you got to get somebody similar to Kyle. Well, we go to Kansas City, and Chad Henney, does, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, do the Seahawks value the backup quarterback? I guess the point is if your starting quarterback goes down, you probably there's going to be a downfall. But you need someone to come in for a week or two to kind of man the ship and, and, and game manager – that's important if you want to have 10 or 11 wins. So I don't know what they're looking for, but there there are a few guys out there. And again, I wasn't, I know the Cardinals had some interest a few years ago with Tyrod Taylor as a backup quarterback, but um, he's not on the market right now. So depending on what they're looking for, but there are some guys out there that have NFL experience. Yeah. Taylor now with the Texans, you brought up RG three, Matt Barkley. There's Alex Smith, Chase Daniel, who was recently released AJ McCarron, Colt McCoy. There are a number of guys out there and I don't think any of those players that are still on the market today, as we speak, would expect to come in and compete to be the starter or even have the inkling of being a starter. And that's with, not with the Cardinals. That's anywhere across the league. At this point, if you're a team still searching for a quarterback, and you don't have a high draft pick to where you grab that guy in the draft, I think you're um, really swimming upstream, so to speak. But I would like to see a veteran added because if they don't, I'll say it today and I'll say it then, I think it will be a mistake if they do not address backup quarterback and they go in with Chris Strebler and Cole McDonald, who they currently have on the roster, and say, these are our three quarterbacks. This is our depth at that position. I don't think that is good enough. Just look at, at the Bay Area, Santa Clara. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's got a good win-loss record when he's healthy. Now, they invested in draft picks in C.J. Beathard and also Nick Mullins. Now, they, Beathard, I want to say, was a third round. Mullins may have been a fifth round. And Kyle Shanahan said, we have to address it. Now, I thought Mitch Trubisky would go there. Instead, he goes to Buffalo, which, you know, he's, he's just trying to re, recreate his career. Maybe next year he'll get an opportunity. So Kyle Shanahan... That's why Gardner Minshew, now he doesn't have the experience, but the, the Niners and John Lynch, they want to make sure they have a guy because of Garoppolo being hurt. They don't want to do what they did last year, okay? And give them credit, they, they, they played hard against the Cardinals and all that. I think they played for the quarterback, but they're, they're going out of their way to say, we need a quarterback if something happens to Garoppolo. That should be the same feeling for the Cardinals if something happens to Kyler Murray. Let's be honest, the last two years, He's been banged up in week 16 and 17. Yes, and Brett Hundley helped win a ball game in Seattle late in the season. And we had the discussion when we were doing our position by position breakdown. When we talked about the quarterback position, week 17, if you do have a veteran to come in when Kyler Murray went down, would the Cardinals have had a better opportunity of beating a Rams team that themselves were playing a second string quarterback at the time and they had kind of moved on from Jared Goff? It just seemed like if it was anyone else, and I don't want to discount Chris Trevel, I, I don't know him, I haven't seen enough of him. And I think that's 
the thing that's maybe sticking in my head is that when we did see him, it was for a snap or two on offense. Kyler Murray was off the field or on the sidelines, and that just is nothing anyone wants to see. That was earlier in the season, and then we didn't see him again until I think it was week 11 or week 12, and that was on special teams. So I don't know what kind of reps he was getting during the week, but he did not look like he was prepared outside of that touchdown toss to Jonathan Ward. He was not ready for a game of that magnitude. And a lot was at stake, MJ. You win, you're in. You lose, you go home. And unfortunately, the Cardinals went home. Well, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory uh, recalls, uh, they didn't have Michael Brockers, right? They didn't have Cooper Cup. It was certainly a less than 100% full-strength Rams team because of COVID-19. And there was a sense that, well, they're going to be in the playoffs so we can rest some guys and maybe not need as many guys against this Cardinals team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and again, they lose to, to Walford, you know, and, and again, I, like I said, I, some teams value more than others, but I just think, you know, I know if, you know, like who's the backup quarterback in green Bay? Well, it was Tim Boyle. Now he signed with uh, another team as a backup, maybe Detroit. So who's is Jordan Love the backup? So I get it. Um, Chase Daniels intriguing me. He's made a ton of money. You know, I don't know what the going rate is. I, he he's a guy that can you know come in and he's had a lot of experience. I just hope they value it a little bit more uh, because when Kyler runs like he does, um, you're going to put yourself in harm's way. Now he hasn't taken that big hit. And also, Craig, when we start talking about the running back position, we also have to include Murray in there. I mean, I, I know that it's a, it's a luxury and it's a, but it's, he's a weapon. So yes, we want to see Jonathan Ward. We want to see maybe, you know, um, clearly the Cardinals probably should bring in a veteran. Um, it's deep at running back in the draft. So flood the position, but clearly if you look at the top three quarterbacks for the Cardinals, you have to put Murray as the wild card. He would be number three behind Chase Evans and whoever they draft or sign as a free agent. Let me throw this out at here as we have in this conversation about backup quarterback. And yes, the salary cap, I think, plays a factor in here because you don't have as much money. But if this team here in 2021 does not value a backup quarterback as much as we would hope that they would, is that an indication? And you bring up Kyler Murray as a running back based off what this team has done as far as fortifying the offensive line with Rodney Hudson re-signing Kelvin Beecham and most recently getting Brian Winters to compete for right guard, do we see Kyler Murray not go out and run the ball or escape the pocket unless in case of an emergency? Might there be less designed runs called or an edict to Murray and say, no, you're staying in that pocket, step up in the pocket, throw the ball away. We don't want you scrambling in the event that you might get hurt because let's be honest, we don't know about plan B or C behind you. That's just me here off the top of my head as we speak here on March 25th, that perhaps if it is those three quarterbacks and you don't sign one, then okay, maybe you have to adjust if you're Kyler Murray and say, you know what, I'm so important. I need to stay on the football field. I got confidence in the five guys in front of me. This team obviously believes in me and my health and my ability. All right, so maybe I am more of a drop back passer in 2021. Well, he's he's come out and he's maintained that for two years and we still want to see it. I know there, there are times when, you know, um, he drifts and they want to roll him out. Guys got to get separation. Guys got to get off the line of scrimmage. Um, 
I'm 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 intrigued with that. Um, the thing is, though, it's, it's it's I don't think you can put him in a bubble. Now we look at Patrick Mahomes. He was hurting uh, going into the Super Bowl because he tried to run. Look at Lamar Jackson. He missed time in in a playoff game. I think the difference is in you know Josh Allen's a bigger guy where he, when he runs, you know he can kind of bounce off of guys where some of these other guys are a little bit more uh, smaller. But yeah, I mean, Kyler's, I think Kyler does a great job protecting himself. I really do. So I just, I just don't want them to take away that dynamic. Now we get, you know, three or four years later, maybe he doesn't have to run as much, but he can roll out and still, you know, again, you want, you know, I want to see him make better throws on the run where he, he doesn't have to sit in the pocket because he can obviously make every throw, but I don't want him stopping when he's throwing. I want him to throw on the run to extend the play. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If you enjoyed this show, we invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. That way you never miss an episode of your favorite show, Cardinals Cover 2, Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Rage, the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Quick notes on the Big Red Rage, depending on Bird Gang, when you might listen to this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, but Thursday, March 25th, is the 500th episode of the Big Red Rage with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley. So congratulations to those two gentlemen. And if you didn't get a chance to hear the show, just go back into the archives, or as we said, subscribe. And that way you never miss an episode of any of your shows here with the Arizona Cardinals. Before we end this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, MJ, we had a chance to hear most recently from offensive linemen, specifically the guard, Brian Winters, a third round pick in 2013, the most recent addition before the agreeing to terms the Cardinals had with Malcolm Butler earlier today, but someone who is, once again, turns 30 in July, entering his ninth season, and someone that when we listened to him did not sound like he was quote unquote the starter at right guard but someone to come in and compete with either a justin murray a josh jones maybe even a mason cole but someone that was coming in and anxious one to be with the cardinals and two to be a part of what the cardinals are doing this season in 2021. You know, and based on his conversation with us, he does have relationships with a few Cardinal players. Of course, he came out with Justin Pugh. He played with Calvin Beach and with the Jets. He spent some time in Buffalo. He's strictly a guard. Now, he can play both left and right, and right guard. Um, that doesn't mean he, you know, he, uh, Cardinals normally dress eight guys on game day. Um, I think it's safe to say, Craig, um, when they line up, I got to think Justin Murray is going to be the right guard. Now, competition is what they want. I think it's more for the second unit to where there's not a drop-off. They want to be able to go 10 deep. Usually they dress eight on game day. So I could be wrong. I mean, uh, you know, Justin Murray is a guy that, you know, is has been under contract to give him an extension. Uh, as Steve said, and we've and Steve even hinted on it, Kugler's going to play the best five guys. But if I look at it right now, uh, Humphreys, Pugh's definitely going to start. Um, a Hudson, you know, you can you can go uh, Murphy, you can go Winters there, uh, and then at right tackle Kelvin Beecham, and then we'll see what Max Garcia looks like. He's going to be the interior guard center. He does have experience there, so yeah. And, and right now they got sixteen guys on there. And I know people are asking about Marcus Gilbert. Um, he opted out last year. He is under contract. Um, 
you know, I Cardinals said they haven't heard from him at some point. They're going to have to make a decision, and he's going to have to make a decision. You recently told me he got married. Now, if he doesn't come back, the Cardinals would own his rights because he is under contract. So if he wants to play somewhere else, obviously you'd have to work that out. But, um, you know, more the merrier. But I, at this point in time, I think the Cardinals realized that they got to make sure who's going to be the right tackle. And I would say right now it's Calvin Beecham. So let me get this straight for you, MJ, here. If you're Sean Kugler and you're putting your five up on the grease board right now before we get out onto the field, and I know things can change, but when that first unit goes out, whether we see it or not, but that first unit, you have Murray, not Winters, as your starting right guard. Initially, yeah. And are you basing that off of how Murray finished last season as a starter? Because... And not that it's interesting that they would go out and sign a Brian Winters. You're looking for depth, and I get it, and you want competition. It would just seem, at least on the surface, you know, from my perspective, based off of experience, Brian Winters has a lot more of it than Justin Murray. Yet you're looking for someone that meshes with four other guys not to be the best individual. We talk about the offensive line. It's five guys working in tandem, not five individuals. And yes, Winters does have a relationship with Pew and Kelvin Beecham for Beecham on and off the field. And I, I don't know, I, I, not that I'm pushing back on it. I'm just, I'm just curious to get your take why Murray versus Winters, at least as we sit here in the month of March. The way I look at it, Craig, is there was talk about, you know, the Cardinals could have two or three new offensive linemen. And, and, and honestly, I think 80% is in concrete and barring some injury. So again, left tackle, left guard, center, and right tackle. I just think um, Justin Murray has been in the system. Um, listen, when they put the pads on, that's when guys will separate themselves. I'm not saying that winners can't be the starter, but I think 80% of the starters we can talk about. The other, it's going to be the right guard is going to be that because Pew just restructured. Uh, I don't see him unless, you know, gets penalties and, they make changes, but um, I think they won't really want competition at that second group. But we'll see. They get a couple preseason games, and now they're saying possibly three. Um, but I think going in just the offseason workouts, um, the tempo of the game, that winners is going to be you – now they do run a little bit of a hurry-up offense in Buffalo just based on Josh Allen. So I, I'm not saying he can't adapt to that, but playing in Arizona is a little bit different. Uh, but I, I think when they line up, Murray, Murray will be in there. They're going to rotate winners, and then you got to get some uh, reps for Garcia if he's going to be your backup center or Mason Cole. Murray started the final four games at right guard last season, and to your point, MJ, it might just be because he, one, is familiar with the offense and knows what is being asked of him to where he goes in in pencil as your first-string right guard, and then over time, does that become a Brian Winters? Does that become a Josh Jones? And certainly that sounds like Kugler is very intrigued by the young rookie a year ago that maybe he's not just a tackle, that he could play also interior. That I think might be a little bit harder for him to do in 2021 now that Winters is in the building. But I think that's going to be something to pay attention to. You know, everyone wants to see the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers and all that. But you know, as we've talked about, and B-Train is hammered in our heads on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, you have to win at the line of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line. And those two positions, certainly a priority, and certainly on the offensive end, 
addressed this offseason? You know, I, I mean, I can see them, again, four of the five guys we know who's going to be there. I could see them rotating him. I mean, you're right. Based on experience, and, uh, he, I mean, Winters has got a ton of starts. I mean, he started in two different, you know, teams, and he got a chance to play in nine games last year. Yeah, so from that standpoint, I mean, they could rotate those guys and just kind of find out. But, but when the GM says we're going to have competition, that probably tells me there's one position up for grabs, and then who's going to win the backup jobs? You know, where's Mason Cole at the end of training camp? Where's Lamont Gilliard at the, at the end of training camp? They got 16 offensive linemen on the roster. They're probably going to keep 8 to 10 or probably 9 to 10, and then a couple possibly on the practice squad. So, yeah, I listen, when they went out and got winners, I mean, I think it was – we. And the only reason why we didn't put Pew in that, in that um, category is because they maintained that he's coming off a good year and he was going to be on the roster. And then we find out, you know, 24 hours later, he took a pay cut. So – I do think they want to have competition at right guard. And I guess that's we're just, you know, when the first depth chart comes out, <laughs> we'll read into it. But, you know, I, I think you got to find out what you have in winners to see how he, he can fit in with these guys. So I just think when they line up, I think Mur Murray will line up just because he knows the offense. Well, bottom line is, is that this team, one, needs depth on the offensive line and I think has it here in March. Now we just got to make sure that everyone stays healthy and is available as we get closer and closer to the start of the regular season. So it's certainly been busy week one and so far here in week two. Yes, yeah, some more questions being answered as far as what we think are holes on this roster, yet we know that the job is not finished maybe it's never finished you're always looking to upgrade and improve but certainly as we continue to follow along here on free agency and then start to look at the nfl draft certainly some positions of note for the cardinals to consider and on that note we will put a lid on this edition of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as always special thanks to our executive producer jim Mahundro. for mike jarecki i'm craig riolu we'll talk to you next time here on cardinals cover two